Great news, everyone. Jesus is alive and well. This is Glenn Raglan Educational and Transformational Ministries. Great ministries. Welcome to this week's podcast. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for those who have tuned in to this week's podcast. We continue to lift up the new listeners that come in each week. We pray for my brother's mother-in-law who passed away, Elsie Kirby. We pray the blood of Jesus over ovarian cancer. We pray that your word will go forward. It will not return to you empty. It will accomplish what you sent it to do. In the name of the seed of Abraham, Jesus Christ, amen. My friends, many years ago, there was a television program called Let's Make a Deal. People would come on the show dressed in costumes in hopes of getting selected. God uses covenants to make deals with humankind. Covenant theology is a branch of systematic theology that deals with the act of God in freely establishing mutual binding relationships. God's covenants shower blessings on humans regardless of their obedience to the terms of the covenant. Wait a minute. You mean that God still blesses regardless of our obedience? His unconditional covenant means yes, you receive the blessings as humans regardless of your obedience or disobedience. He also makes a conditional covenant and blesses based on human obedience. God made covenants with Adam, Noah, Abraham, Moses, and David. Today, I want to examine each, why the covenant was made, the conditions, and the results. God's covenant with Adam is called the covenant of works. The conditions were simple, found in Genesis 2, verses 16 and 17. And it says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may eat freely, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. My brothers and sisters, this conditional agreement has an inferred promise as well as a stated promise. God's inferred promise was that Adam would live forever if he did not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's a very simple covenant. Eat and die. Don't eat and live. Both require discipline and obedience. The work part of the covenant was that God put the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. My Christian friends, tending a garden is work. Adam was the representative or federal head of all mankind, meaning whatever decisions he made would affect all of mankind. His decision to be disobedient and eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil introduced sin into the world. Adam had broken the covenant, and the righteous lawgiver had to issue punishment. The punishment is found in Genesis 3, verses 14 through 21. The punishment was death. But the lawgiver is also merciful, and he announces a plan to be fulfilled by the second Adam, Jesus Christ. Those who place their trust in Jesus are under the benefits of the covenant of grace. Where the covenant with Adam was conditional, the covenant with us is unconditional. God has selected Jesus to be our substitute for sin. Instead of placing the punishment for sin on us, he placed the punishment for sin on Jesus, and we go free. Why? 
because God loved us so much that he sent his son to die in our place. God wants us to live with him forever, but without sin. He wants to be our God, but only to those who accept the work of Jesus on the cross. In addition to the blessing of being with God forever, the covenant of grace also includes spiritual blessings and the promise of justification where God declares us as not guilty, the promise of the Holy Spirit to work in us now, the promise of redemption and all the blessings of salvation, and the promise of a glorified life that never ends. God's covenant with Noah conferred only natural blessings and applies to all humankind, saved or not. God's covenant with Noah is found in Genesis 9, verses 9 through 17. It proclaims, And as for me, behold, I establish my covenant with you and your descendants after you, and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the cattle, and every beast of the earth with you, of all that go out of the ark, every beast of the earth. Thus, I establish my covenant with you, Never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood. Never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. My friends, take notice that God makes this covenant with Noah, his descendants, us, and the animals. Verse 12 continues, And God said, This is the sign of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. I set my rainbow in the cloud, and it shall be the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. It shall be, when I bring a cloud over the earth, that the rainbow shall be seen in the cloud, and I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. The water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. The rainbow shall be in the cloud, and I will look on it to remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. And God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. This was a continuation of the covenant of grace. God's covenant with Abraham was a formal establishment of a covenant, and the narrative is found in Genesis 15. Again, this is covenant of grace. First, God promises Abram an heir to come from his old body. God had not yet changed Abram's name to Abraham in chapter 15. So in verse 5 of chapter 15, God tells Abram to count the stars in the sky, and that shall be the number of your descendants. At this time, Abram had no descendants, and now God is telling him that he would have more than he could count. Genesis 15 and 6 says, And he believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. My Christian brothers and sisters, this is the first example of salvation by grace through faith. Abram believed in God, and for that, he was credited as righteous. Please understand that this was before Jesus died on the cross. Abram was declared righteous by God because of his belief. Also understand that Abram was counted as righteous before circumcision and before the law of Moses. There are those who believe in God, and there are those who believe God. 
The custom to agree on a contract at that time was to cut into two pieces a heifer, a goat, a ram, a turtle dove, and a pigeon, then place the two parts on the ground opposite each other, and the two parties would walk between the split carcasses, repeating the terms of the covenant. The symbolism was, the covenant was sealed with blood, and it meant, if I break the covenant, let this bloodshed be poured out on my animals and me. God's ceremony to approve the covenant with Abram is found in Genesis 15, verses 17 through 21. God appeared as a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between the pieces. His covenant was to give Abram's descendant a specific piece of land. Now please note that in God's covenant with Abraham, God passed between the pieces while Abraham sat on the sidelines watching. Twenty-five years later, in Genesis 17, verses 3 through 8, God changes Abram's name to Abraham, which means the father of many. At this point, God selects Abraham and his descendants as his chosen people. God seals this part of the covenant by commanding that all males in Abraham's household be circumcised. It is through the lineage of Abraham that his son Isaac was born, and into Isaac, Jacob was born, and unto Jacob, Judah was born. The descendants of Judah and his brothers were the Hebrew slaves that Moses was sent by God to free so that they could go worship God. In Exodus 6, verses 2 through 4, God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appear to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, Lord, I was not known to them. I have established my covenant with them and gave them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage in which they were strangers. My friends, God made the covenant promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, hundreds of years later, he would fulfill his promises with the children of Israel. Exodus 6 and 5 continues, And I have heard the groanings of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage and I have remembered my covenant. Folks, God's promises are scattered throughout the Bible. When we find them, we can be sure that God has not forgotten any of those promises. And in Exodus 6 and 5, God is about to move. My Christian friends, stop groaning and get ready to move. Now, as we read Exodus 6, verses 6 through 8, God announces his seven I will plans for the children of Israel saying, Therefore say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from their bondage. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. I will take you as my people, and I will be your God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will bring you into the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I will give it to you as a heritage. I am the Lord. Folks, it is God's sovereign announcement in verse 7 that he would take the Hebrews and make them his. Now that's a stumbling block to many. Why did he choose the Hebrews? Because he is God and he doesn't need our permission to do anything. By choosing the Hebrews, he set up a system of laws to separate the Hebrew nation 
from the world. He also set up a system of ceremonial rites to separate the Hebrews' religion from the world. In chapters 28 through 30 of Deuteronomy, the Sinai Covenant was agreed upon by the children of Israel to obey God's commands or suffer the consequences of disobedience. In this covenant, the entire nation agrees to the conditions of the covenant. God also made a covenant with King David in 2 Samuel 7, verses 1 through 17, that a descendant of David will establish his kingdom forever. We know that Jesus sits on the throne forever and is a descendant of David. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the covenant you established with the patriarchs, and thank you for giving us the covenant of grace with Jesus, that we are saved by calling on his name, repenting of our sins, and believing that he rose on the third day with all power. In the name of the wisdom of God, Jesus Christ, amen. I continue to encourage you to find a good Bible teaching church. Send your prayer request as well as your praise reports to our email address, which is hello at greatministries.org. Please continue to pray for Great Ministries and share us with your friends, your family, your loved ones, and the unsaved. Stay safe, be blessed, and have a great week.